as always, that was our theme song by uh, the one, the only, the incomparable Colin Gal. I am here today with a special guest host. The real deal. Thiel. Jackie Thiel is <laughs> on <I'm> back. <gasps> oh my Jackie gosh. Thiel's back. Oh my gosh, we have it pre-recorded now. I don't even have to do it. That's amazing. Brian. Jackie Thiel's back. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is like a kid in a candy shop. He figured out how to do, a, like he's got his little iPad mini with some kind of soundboard thing. So he can now do sound drops on us. Jackie Thiel's back. <laughs> wow, you guys have stepped it up since I've been here. This is a whole new level now. I want a sound bite. We'll we'll come up with a Katie. We'll Katie come up with a Katie White drop uh, to work in somewhere. So, which I hadn't announced Mm -hmm. who our special guest was, and I just gave it away. I normally try and make it something of a buildup, but it is um, one of my genuinely favorite people. Oh, that's so nice. I was going to say in this community, but I think it might just be anywhere. Um, Katie White. Katie is the executive director of the Central Ohio Area Agency on Aging. Um, and a resident, somebody I have known for um, eight, eight years, yeah, years, because she has worked very closely with uh, my wife and got to know her through that. And um, one of my favorite people. So welcome, Katie. Thank you. Happy to be here. I love a podcast. Mm-hmm. All podcasts are just this one. Mostly this one, and then others. Okay, because <laughs> you listen every week, right? Well, I might have listened to a bunch over the last couple of days just to prepare, but I do listen. <laughs> so which ones did you listen to? Uh, Mark Ricketts. Okay. Um, the Snow one I heard already listened to. Did you listen to Margie Pizzuti yet? No, I didn't I listen to Margie's. Okay. you like Hallmark movies. Okay. Oh, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys that opened the rehab bar. Oh, uh, Brad DeHaze. That was a spicy episode. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that was a spicy episode. Um, not forgetting the rest, I'd but I listened heard to a few. Referred awesome. to as spicy before. I think that was a spicy episode. I think we need that one as a drop. <gasps> oh, yes, <laughs> that's a per- that sums me up well. <laughs> so you know that we start every episode with um, something we call start bench cut. We're mm-hmm. gonna give you three things. Mm-hmm. Which one would you start? Which one would you keep in reserve? And which one goes bye-bye. Okay. So I've been told that 90s rap is kind of <laughs> your thing. I knew it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I love this because that's kind of my thing. Too. Okay, good. Secret See, DL. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Okay, I'm not the only one. So um, with our ages, mm-hmm. I thought the perfect three would be Snoop Dogg. Okay. Jay-Z. Okay. Eminem. Cut Eminem. Yes. Even though I've said. heard your nickname in some <laughs> in some groups, groups slim of, slim Katie. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um okay. Yeah. Cut M&M. Mhm. Start Jay-Z. Oh, interesting. Snoop Reserve. Okay. Mm. Okay. I like it. Any disagreements on that? <laughs> I mean, Snoop Dogg to me is just so classic. Yeah. But Jay-Z is married to Beyonce. That right. takes him to another level. Now, if Tupac had been in there, he's like, that oh. would be starter for okay. sure for me. Every okay. game. Okay. Yeah. Biggie or Tupac. Yeah. Yeah. What, the Tupac. Big, Tupac. Tupac. And then where, do, if you had Biggie in there, where does Biggie come? Okay, still cut Eminem. Mm-hmm. No worries about mm-hmm. that. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Then I'd still start Tupac and Biggie would be on the bench. 
And one more, Dr. Dre. Ooh, okay, that's tricky. Because he's on so many tracks. <sighs> so wait, which three then with Dr. Dre? So we'll put Dr. Dre in with Tupac and Biggie. Okay, that is very difficult. <laughs> I'm going to have to go Tupac, Biggie, Dre. I know. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's another uh, start bench cut for you. Somewhat different, but also from what I hear, somewhat related. Oh my God. <laughs> um, Holly's in trouble. She is in trouble. <laughs> Dairy Queen Blizzard flavors. Because I hear that when you're stressed, mm-hmm. you drive around in your car playing 90s rap and eating a blizzard. I do. Mm-hmm. So I hear your 16-year-old does the same, so I guess I'm uh, the same as... <laughs> not 90s rap, but yeah. Um, and he's 17 now. Oh, gosh. I know. So um, he would be very upset if he... Sorry, if he I'm sorry. He was 16. Sorry, Nate. Um, and so it is the Oreo, the uh, Dairy Queen Blizzard okay. Oreo. Okay. Take five. Mm. Reese's. Sorry, I just gave myself away. Okay, take five starting, obviously. I didn't even know there was a take five blizzard. Oh, your life has now changed. <laughs> your life has now changed. Um, then Reese, but I would get, I add a little bit of peanut butter sauce in there if I get a Reese cup blizzard, and then Oreos last. <laughs> so we found the master blizzard maker over here. I'm a blizzard connoisseur. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. That's cool. Now everyone knows what a ridiculous human I am on so, the inside. <laughs> That's what it is. All layers exposed here. So if you see a white um, VW driving around, thumping out some, <laughs> thumping out some Tupac. Swerving a little because blizzards little are hard as, to eat. As the scoop comes in. Oh, that must be Katie White. So, oh, gosh. Um, so one of the other things uh, that makes you one of my favorite people is your kids. You have two great kids. I do have two great kids. And when we ran into each other the other day, I, we had an intercha- uh, exchange that kind of epitomized your kids for me. So we were walking down in our neighborhood, which is just north of Lane Avenue, and we ran into them. And we're like, oh, hey, how are you doing? And I hope you don't mind me saying this. She said, we're coming back from getting um, flea medicine yeah. <laughs> for the cats. <laughs> <laughs> and I look, that's one of those ones where you look at somebody when they th- say that and say, hmm, how do I make this into something that's not really, really awkward? So I looked at the kids and I go, which one of you guys has fleas? <laughs> and Sylvia, who's fifth grade, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean it, miss a beat and points at her brother, Walt, who mm-hmm. is third? Third, you got it. Third grade, um, and says, him. <laughs> and Walt doesn't miss a beat and just looks at me and goes, yeah. <laughs> that sums us up. That's pretty yeah, much, yeah. yeah. We had been homesick all day and just in our pajamas and looking mm-hmm. wild. I think it was maybe raining lightly, but come hell or high water, we're getting out of the house sometimes. <laughs> so um, so tell us about yourself. Sure. So professionally, now that you know all my yeah, we know uh, everything else now. self-care yeah. secrets. Okay. Um, I grew up in Avon, a suburb of Cleveland. My older sister, myself, and my younger sister all went to Ohio State and still live in the area. Um, Studied gerontology. My first job actually was in a nursing home when I was 16 and have always been in the aging world. Just love everything about it. Um, In pure older millennial fashion, I've hopped around to a lot of jobs, but I think that makes me kind of a good generalist in aging these days. So. Lived in UA since 2011, 
started off on Woodstock Road in this 850 square foot adorable place that we should have kept and rented, but we didn't. Um, and now we're over by the high school and absolutely love our location. Love it. I'm sure we'll get into that more later. So when I was doing a little bit of research on you, I saw oh. with my transportation background mm. that you're part of ODOT's Mature Drivers Group. I am. So what yeah. do you guys do for them? So it's a statewide group that's working on um, a subsection of the Strategic Highway Safety Plan. So older road users are one of the groups that um, unfortunately have a high number of fatalities and serious injuries on Ohio roadways. So we work to help older adults that are able to and want to continue to drive safely. Uh, we make the roadways safer, uh, and then we also work on alternative modes of transportation. So if you no longer can drive or you no longer want to, you've got some other options like the bus or walking or um, taking a lift and things like that. That's great. Yeah. It's a and good you've group. done some interesting stuff in the past with Honda. I have, yes. Now the real um, stars of Honda are now, of course, Holly and Marisa um, and the age-friendly team. But yeah, we um, Honda has a fund that they work on with Ohio State, and they had this pitch day, and it was like all engineers that showed up. Um, and we showed up and did a little pitch on um, funding, listening to older adults to see what they want in cars of the future. Um, and so, yeah, we started off, got a little funding from Honda, and it's really grown over the years um, since I've been at Age Friendly and kind of cool to push this idea of community-based planning with older adults and people with disabilities into spaces like Honda, like ODOT. So um, the work with Honda was when you were with Age Friendly mm -hmm. um, and uh, the ODOT stuff is kind of a committee you're on, but you are the executive director of the Central High Area Agency on Aging. Um, explain to folk, Give us your elevator pitch on what COAAA is. Okay. And um, talk to us about kind of what you do to help seniors and, and all that sort of fun stuff. Sure. So our elevator is going to start on the 13th floor because I need a little time. Okay. We're going down. We're on floor 13, <laughs> so I've got some extra time. Uh, the Central Ohio Area Agency on Aging is one of 622 federally mandated regional offices on aging. And we are in charge of providing funding or advocating for services for older adults and individuals with disabilities, mostly those of really low income uh, that would regularly qualify to live in a nursing home but we're providing home and community-based services to them in their homes instead. So we're mostly federally funded. We've got a lot of contracts. Um, our real meat and potatoes is our case management. So we case manage about 14,000 people in an eight-county region in central Ohio. Uh, but we also do a lot of education, support groups, information for caregivers. So you can call our number with anything and every kind of question, and people do, to the tune of about 4,000 a month call. Um, and we navigate and either you know sign you up for our services or get you to where you need to go. So we're made up of, if we were fully staffed, uh, 400 individuals, about 315 or so are registered nurses and social workers, and then you know technology and um, all kinds of other programs. So I like to say, you know, it, area agencies on aging are your place to go if you have any questions, and if they don't provide it, they'll get you to where you need to go. So let's say I've got a family in UA where um, I'm a, my mom and dad are starting to get to the point where we're having conversations with them about not sure 
that it makes sense for you to stay in the stay at home mm -hmm. or you're having tr more precise actually let me rephrase that you're having trouble taking care of what you need to take care of to stay at home safely and kind of live a full life and, and you're seeing all those stress levels is that a time when somebody should call COAAA or absolutely maybe even a little bit before that just if you want to get a little taste of what might be offered in your um, community particularly in UA as we start to fund and champion some sort of upstream things like villages and the community center but yeah at any point in time you can call us um, I've reached the age where a lot of my friends and my family members are aging, um, 65 plus a number of different challenges. So I'm constantly sort of fielding these calls from neighbors or friends or family members to say, who's my area agency on aging and getting them linked up. And they're for a variety of reasons, um, but sort of no matter what, you would want to call your area agency on aging. Yeah. Um, so you talked a little, you just mentioned the UA specifically and the villages program. Yeah, let's talk. Um, so one of the things that you did for, how many years were you the chair of the Commission on Aging? Four, I think, or three, maybe three. Three, yeah, that's right, because um, so you were, until you took this job mm -hmm. with COAAA, you were uh, the chair of the Commission on Aging. Uh, you had to resign from that because there was a conflict because the um, COAAA funds the Commission on Aging. Right. Um, so talk to us a little bit about um, what the commission has traditionally done, okay. um, what it's doing, and what you learned about the, the older adult community in Upper Arlington in that role. Okay. That was a three-part question. That's a huge question. <laughs> Triple barrel is yeah. what um, that is. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, yeah, I served on a number of boards before coming into this role. Um, as I mentioned, area agencies on aging fund a lot of services, so I had to roll off every board I was on, including one of my favorites, which was obviously the Commission on Aging. Um, it was so fun to work hyper-locally. I don't usually get to do that. So the Commission on Aging um, empowers enriches and educates older adults it's three e's i know that of course i've forgotten the mission already um but really it's about um sort of that more independent older adult that wants to live in their home and just needs maybe a volunteer support here or there wants to go to some education might need a little you know technology help so um that really really independent upstream older adult we embarked on a older adult assessment uh, just of Upper Arlington residents and it was statistically valid and all of that and really what we found is people do want to stay here as they age um, and they might not need or be ready for some type of senior living campus or assisted living um, but they just need a little bit of help here and there and so there's this concept called the village model which engages residents and neighbors as volunteers to do just that so rather than having to enter into some type of formal system, whether it's building related or um, bringing services into your home, this is a model where it's sort of reciprocal. So you join as a member, uh, maybe you volunteer, you go to some social events, but also you can call the village for help. Maybe you need someone to pick up your groceries for a couple of weeks or help prepare some meals if you've had knee surgery. Um, so it's really all about engaging and uh, connecting neighbors, helping neighbors to help people stay in their homes as they age. I remember sitting in that the meeting where you first presented that idea and mm. talking about what you did with German Village. And yes. I know people always ask, like, how can I help when they know someone's in trouble or if they see someone kind of going down a path where they're 
not able to care for everything. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that concept was so great because it's an easy connection to volunteers in the community and right. people that don't know how to help. Yeah. To And then the people kind of have a anonymous way to say, I need this help, connect me with the right people. Yes. And then they kind of get matched up. Right? And that's exactly it. It takes that pressure off. You know, we've lost that comfort and saying, hey, I need help, mm-hmm. or me saying, do you need any help? So it puts that um, sort of neutral space in the middle. So if I pay for a village membership, I'm not going to feel that bad to call and say, you know what, can someone mow my lawn and grab my mail while I'm gone on vacation? Because I paid for that, and I'm mm-hmm. not individually asking one person. So then the village turns around, sees who's available to do those things, and links you up. Now, most often, if you are connected for a service, um, once you meet that person, you know, you start a relationship too, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Ideally, they even live in your neighborhood and you kind of start to forge a connection. Um, but yeah, it really takes away that onus of either offering help or asking for help directly between people. Yeah, and then brings back the social a- aspect as they get to know people that they may not have connected with. Before. Exactly, exactly. I think my street is like a good little um, microcosm of, of what a village is and how it works so we've got people of all ages so from newborns to individuals in their 90s we have a street email um, and you know the gentleman I won't name names but the gentleman down the street always reminds us when our trash needs to be put out the next day because it's a holiday right like don't put it out on Wednesday Um, people go back and forth and ask each other things we let a each other know when we're on vacation and we all know each other enough to say hey if you need anything you know ask us um and so it's that neutral spot of all generations that can kind of come together and rely on each other it's really great you talked a little bit about um you're new in this job mm-hmm. you're new in the job at co what's been your favorite thing that you didn't ex- again something that surprised you something that yeah you're like oh wow we do that that's really cool I had no idea well just in general I didn't realize all of the services and things that um, CO AAA did but I'll tell you my favorite part um, which is also one of the hardest parts is going on home visits with case managers and um, seeing the real need that's occurring in our community right now has been um, shocking and also motivating in a great way so that when I'm in a meeting and I'm talking about funding or um, you know some kind of need I can really advocate from that from that space of really knowing I've been in these homes I've seen the desperation in an individual needing some kind of caregiver to come but they're having to wait four months right so it's been a favorite part of mine even though it's difficult because it is like the realness of the job that keeps me um, pushing forward in such an intense way in some of the other conversations I have to be in. Yeah, and so you you are seeing that in your work. We hear about it sometimes, but this lack of caregivers and the need for um, to, just with the labor market, there's sometimes there's just simply not the people there to fill the needs that are out there? Is that something you're seeing? Right. And so because we serve mostly um, Medicaid individuals, that means that they're being paid through um, government funds. And so the rates are restricted. So if you are receiving services through our agency, um, 
your caregiver, if you have one, is likely getting paid about $9 an hour. They don't get paid for mileage. They don't have health benefits. Now, if you're private pay, um, and we've got a number of home health agencies in UA, um, they're paying more because they can, right, because they're they're charging in individuals. But, um, yeah, we have people that are waiting six months. We have people that have been waiting a year in some of our rural counties. Um, it is a real issue. I know. Like, I went through that personal experience to some level with my neighbor. I was helping them through end-of-life care, mm. and it was one of those examples where we waited too late to mm-hmm. reach out, and the staffing was the biggest thing that we came across right. in both the private and the you know reduced um, financial needs. So yeah. pretty much on both of those levels, there's yeah, it's a real challenge. such a long waiting list. We've been spending a ton of time advocating in the state house, meeting with our legislators, really pushing, because it's budget season, right, um, for higher rates to be included, just to try to get folks up to 16 maybe $18 an hour to try to get more uh, folks to do this work. But um, it's hard work, and when you're not reimbursed, I mean, a number of the people that are per- caregivers on these programs also qualify for food stamps. They're also visiting the uh, food banks. You know, that's unacceptable. Um, I talk a lot about ageism in my work. And I think one of the things we really need to think about is aging isn't bad necessarily, but the systems that we have in place are, or the systems that we haven't put in place are, right? So, um, it's not a bad thing to grow old unless you're growing older and you don't have a high income and you need services. So just to give some perspective, um, we pay our lifeguards 14 to $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here we've got people who are having to go into people's homes, people who are at risk. Right. Um, and we're expecting to be able to give them good care at nine dollars an hour mm-hmm. oh by the way you're having to drive to somebody's home all that sort of stuff yeah and you're not getting mileage reimbursed yeah. we have approximately four thousand older ohioans that are qualified enrolled in services and waiting for a caregiver today four thousand yeah so if there are people who are listening and want to do something to help this whole situation whether it's to find a place to volunteer or to advocate what would you tell them to do I would say go to our website, COAAA.org. Um, and then depending on where you live locally, I assume most listeners are in Upper Arlington, but- um, Well, we do have a global reach. I mean, <laughs> we it's- do? <laughs> international. Do we have an- Do, do you? Yeah, I think so. We do. We have international listeners. Check out the World Health Organization. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you certainly can. Um, I would say start with your local um, city page, in all honesty, and see what's going on there. Um, and then particularly if you live in UA, check out the Commission on Aging, uh, check out UA Cares. Really, as soon as you can, if it's you or your neighbor or your family members, just start thinking about and asking those questions. Where do I want to age? Can I stay in my home? If not, what might my next um, opportunities be? And the same, same thing goes for volunteers too. So for those who don't, for those of our listeners who don't know, UA Cares is um, a program that the city has where we'll have um, somebody from our fire department come out and inspect your home, look for things that are going to um, put you at risk of avoidable 
injuries and things that are make your house unsafe and we'll come in and do that and we'll do a kind of an overall assessment of what's going on in the home and see what kind of services you need um, so that is something that you know looking into is important and then when I think about I try and find easy ways to describe what's the division between you know what happens at the senior center with our city staff and mm-hmm. the Commission on Aging which is a independent not-for-profit that we give a grant to right um, the way I describe it is if, if it's something that happens inside the building meaning inside our senior center in two years inside the community center um, that's us if it's something that happens out in the community nine times out of ten that's going to be the commission on aging so folks are kind of listening and trying to figure out what to do the first thing I would say in all cases is pick up the phone call or go to your keyboard find an email yeah and send the email and, and make that first connection because I think one thing is the system is supposed to work at work so that there's not any wrong door to go through. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. So no offense, but a lot of what we talked about today is kind of like sad stories and everything. Tell us your best, like your happiest, most mm. best success story. Cause I know you've got to have like some good connections you've made or. Oh, absolutely. Um, we need a happy ending. Yeah, we do. We, well, <laughs> well not that edit that. That's your new soundbite. <laughs> Katie took it to the next level, not me. Just, just for the record, I had nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> yes, it, there. we are in some difficult times right now in aging, but there are certainly success stories day in and day out and I'm glad you said that because it is easy to kind of focus on um, the challenges and not think about the successes but there are there are tons of successes some of the favorite some of my favorite things that I do is um, giving out grant funds which Mm -hmm. I'm sure you all can attest to Um, so because I come from grassroots work and community work I really have a good pulse on what's going on and I truly understand what a big difference five or ten or twenty thousand dollars can mean for small mm-hmm. nonprofits. So, we are redoing our RFP process, which I'm realizing is like a really nerdy thing to say is exciting, but it actually <laughs> is. Um, and we're trying to make it easier for folks to apply, and we're expanding what people can apply for. So that's really exciting work to know that if it's not services we're providing, we can really be innovative and think outside the box and be hyper local and fund some of those things. Um, I mean, I have a million success stories in being in the community and having these focus groups where you just know that um, the information you're hearing and working on is really going to make transformation. Those are really important moments and successful moments. And I would say um, the advocacy that's going on right now. So while the caregiver shortage is a huge problem, Mm -hmm. we are also seeing unprecedented collaboration across tons of um, industries right now around aging. Um, And so it feels really hopeful that our message is getting through and that some change is gonna be made. Um, And so of course that's exciting. So (laughs) RFPs and advocacy, that's very nerdy, but I guess that's the, I mean, that's the real. That's great, things are changing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's getting better. The outlook is looking better. It really is, yeah. Cool, so we end every episode with two questions. Okay. What do you love about UA? Mm -hmm. And what would you change? Okay. So my love for UA um, 
it's quite expansive, but I'm going to focus on my street in particular. I already mentioned how tight we are, that we've got um, lots of generations on the street. We have a street that speaks four, maybe five different languages. And so we are just this awesome, um, I think, example of where UA has been and where it's going and how it can work really well. So that excites me. Um, and I love it. And I, I just love that if I'm late home to work or something, I know that my kids are going to be okay. If my house is on fire and I'm on vacation, someone's going to tell me. Um, I just love that that neighborhood feel that we have. Um, and we've got all the walkability in the world. So I love riding my bike places. I love being able to walk to the grocery store. Um, for me, that is something really special about UA. Um, that has to be one of my favorite answers so far. <gasps> good. Yeah, that was really good. Good. It's very honest. Yeah. All that, and it smells a little bit like cow poop, and I still love my neighborhood, <laughs> you know? Okay, that's your second edit for the... <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, that would be that would be it smells like a little bit like cow poop. A little bit like cow poop. That one, that one. You're just like full of drops today. Walkability Mm -hmm. with a little bit of manure in the air. Uh, If you haven't figured it out, Katie lives uh, on the far east, kind of east central UA, close to the UA farm. Close to the UA (laughs) farm. Yeah, we can smell it from our doorstep within Within smelling smelling distance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good juxtaposition, right? It, I've know, got it's like interesting. I'm far enough away that I never get the poop smell. Oh, you don't? Do you hear the coyotes? Uh, no. Oh my gosh, there's a wild pack of coyotes that are hooting and hollering every oh, night. Oh, people are all fired up about the coyotes. Oh, they're. I mean, people got a little feisty a couple months ago. Oh, on, sorry, I didn't mean to. On Facebook, no, it's great. About that. No, um, no, no, no. It is, um, and we did some research, and there's basically not much you can do other than. Scare them away if they come in your yard. Yeah. Pretty much. They're not in our yard. They're just like on the farm. They're I think. on the farm. You yeah. Can hear them. I'll, ho- I'll so take a. Re- oh, it's so loud. Well, like what it's time? alarming. Mm, right like at, at night. Right at dark. Like right at dark. Okay, I'll have yeah. to walk down there. And it's wild. Give a listen. Um, my thing I would fix about UA is hyper local. Did you already read my answer to this? No. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I apologize in advance, and if I have to pick another one, we can cut this out and not say it. But the speed limit on Lane <laughs> Avenue is very scary to me when I'm walking, and especially when I'm walking with my kids. And I know I know how it works. I know it's a speed study, and you guys don't have control of it. But you asked me a question, and I had to, I had to fire it off. No, I think that's great. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll be adding that shared use path on Lane Avenue later this year. And where does that go? That will go from Riverside Drive to Asbury. Oh. Um, to provide additional connections to the Down to Quarry Trails. Down to Quarry Trails. Oh. So next year they'll be building a path along Riverside Drive on the east side that you can walk right in then. Oh that's cool. So but we're the, gonna keep looking at safety improvements. I know the intersections are, you know, a big deal obviously and so I know right now they're working with City of Columbus okay. on an intersection study for uh, Lane Avenue at Riverside Drive. Even if it was just, see, now I'm going to get hyper fixated on it, but <laughs> like North Star to Northwest, because that's where all that walkability is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In between there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in, We could do a walk on it yeah. with some older people and some young kids. And when you're standing on the sidewalk and the cars are going by at 45 miles an hour, it is very scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're moving in that direction. Yeah, okay. and it's, it's interesting. So one of the things I've learned over the years is... Um, Parked cars and congestion are two of your best safety things. Oh, yes. 
Yes, the um, street parking, because yep. they're like natural, and trees, right? They slow mm-hmm. down, natural yep. traffic slower downers. Is that the traffic specific? Calming. There it is. <laughs> slower downers, isn't it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Calming. <laughs> this is where I go into my calm voice. That is calm. There you go. I don't have a calm voice, I don't think. <laughs> I have an anxious voice. <laughs> I'm real good at that. Wait, are we talking about the pop-up park? So you, so one of the wonderful things that Katie did is she led the effort to, what was it, two years ago? Two. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, um, take Vas- the alley on Vassar behind Roll and across the street from Graders and turn it into a little pop-up park. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you go back there and you see the paint on the street, that's all Katie's doing. And uh, not all cases. Yeah, with a ton of volunteers. With a ton of volunteer help, <laughs> primarily through the Commission on Aging. But you were one of the driving forces behind that. So that is a public road. Mm-hmm. Um, the owner of the goofy building that, like, you have to drive under. Yes. Um, they're doing some renovations in there this year, and they need access to the sure. alley. So we're taking a pause. We're taking a pause for a year. Yeah. But there is a... Um, uh, just thinking yeah by the time we air this it's okay to say this um ohio health has bought the building next to it where osu used to have their development offices they're going to put in a big um uh medical they're going to turn that into a a medical office facility and so we've already started talking to them about hey how do we look at this and think about this as a potential area for us to partner so mm-hmm. for 2023 i don't think there's going to be we can't do much with the pocket park right. but we're hopeful that we can start thinking about um 2024 as soon as ohio health gets moved in and uh they get to see really what units they're going to have in there and how that building gets used and mm-hmm. have it be something that really augments um their facility so it'd be great to have uh, a corporate partner in the area that we can um, work with. And I'm excited just in general about having them um, have a bigger presence in you. Yeah. They've got a small facility um, here on Tremont Road, but it'll be really nice to do that. And they're doing great things with building a new women's hospital um, over at Riverside, which is another huge project for them. Okay. Well, and I think even though it's on pause this year, it kind of relates into my wish about slowing the speed. And one of the reasons why we wanted to try it was because if Graders is really busy and you're sitting outside, you have to, you end up getting closer and closer to the road as you're sitting and eating your ice cream. So we had this idea, the city came on board, volunteers came together. So I feel like that's another like perfect Upper Arlington story of we're still growing and there's such um, open-mindedness around ideas and trying things Um, and so even though we're on pause this year I think it still made its impact because it was tried it once it worked so we did it again and maybe it doesn't look the same maybe it's not in the same location but the concept of some kind of pocket park along that corridor you know still lives on which is awesome yeah cool well, Katie, thank you for thank you. coming on. Um, uh, please tell all of your uh, family uh, that I send my greetings and tell uh, Walt and Sylvia in particular that they got name checked on the podcast. <laughs> she will love it. Yeah. Walt will maybe listen, maybe not. I don't know. He's <laughs> just too too into his own sports these days. But <laughs> uh, Yeah, don't worry. My kids, I don't think, have you ever listened to I even got Chris Holtman on the podcast the OSU basketball coach in the hopes that they would actually listen to them they never they, they never think, do I know that I don't think they've ever listened to a single one of these oh 
Instagram. Maybe I'll tell. Actually, when I tell them Katie White came on the podcast, that might get them to. <laughs> yeah. That might get, the, might get them to listen. So, thank you very much for coming. Thank on. you. Glad to be here. Out of the podcast.